Yo! 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 The process is black and white, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a wantrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin. Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. Good morning. So I have a good little question for you, and it's right up your alley. It's about, you know, seeing evolution and change and then how to, the, the role that analytics play in that. You know, so these, these are two, two, of your, two of your favorite things here right. stacked in one. So I'm, I'm listening to the radio, and I'm, uh, you know, and – my whole we're in Philly sports talk radio is crazy and there's this fixation with you know the quarterback like in any city Jalen Hurts so something that I noticed in the NFL that is is a trend that's starting to change that quarterback running quarterbacks right now in the NFL has created this obstacle for defenses that has that might be on its way to changing the way the NFL, just the way the game is played, you know. Period. So here's the statistical part of it, right? That that's the evolution that we might be seeing before our eyes, right? Here's the statistical part of it. So running running game in NFL, the teams that run the ball in the NFL very well are every year typically the teams that finish as the last four standing in the playoffs for the majority of, you know the majority of time you go back to history of time teams that run the ball and teams that stop the run they go to the playoffs and they also fare very well in the playoffs because the defensive side you make a team one dimensional it's easy to stop them they can't if they can't run the ball on you, then you know they have to pass. You know, very simple concept. If you can run the ball, then that means defense. You know, offensively, you're making the defense have to make some choices on. You know, well, we can't stop the run. The pass is the part of the game that, like, as far as the rules go, don't even allow you to stop the pass. The rules, you know, make it to a point where you can't even stop the pass because of the way the rules are. So, statistically. Running the ball is just like a must thing that you need to have in the NFL in order to win. Quarterbacks that run, teams that have running quarterbacks that run the ball well all finish in the top like five of rushing averages for every season, right? But for some reason, here's my question. Why is it that media, coaches, owners, have bought so much into the idea of the pass. If statistically, when you look at winning in the NFL, 
it is not any nowhere nowhere proven that that passing stat leads you to success in the in the playoffs and at the next level. Like statistically, there's no stat that you can point to from a quarterback from throwing the ball. Like teams that have been the the Cowboys were one of the best passing teams two, three years ago and didn't even make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like like there's no there's no correlation to like yards, passing the ball, passing touchdowns that speaks to like you know, like being successful in the playoffs. Whereas there's this strong correlation strong. over over long periods of time where okay, okay, so that's an interesting question and let uh, let me let me guard my answer with I stopped watching football in like 2012, right? Like yes, pr- pretty much. You know, know what I mean? This. Like I, I I don't really know. I don't I can't name 3 Eagles, right? Yes. I still root for the Eagles, but I can't name 3 Eagles. I don't know who their head coach is. So yes. to to give you a sense of how distracted out of football I am. Yes. Because I just rather watch baseball or basketball. So no, I hear you. But the um, question is more The question's more interesting though. Yes. The question the question is more if we see all this evidence over here why is the entire league going over there? Yes. Right? Um, and so I have a couple of answers. One is perhaps the running part of the game and the defensive part of the game, the running defensive part of the game, these two strong correlations, uh, have been proven by some smart people to just be correlations, right? Um, yes. Because sometimes that happens. Sometimes there's these things that are just like super, like there's a it. It seems super obvious, but here's how you can prove that that's not actually the thing. And you go, oh, okay, you know. So maybe it's time of possession, or maybe the runs that happen only happen because the team is ahead, or some other factor, right? That, that is just not not obvious in those stats. And let me just let me just preference too, just to tighten up the question is. The idea of the running dual threat quarterback being like more people still seeing it as a fad versus sure. as like not being willing to say, I'm going to lean into that. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that, that's probably even tighter because I think the traditional style of running the ball, I would agree. There is a correlation that you could argue that oh, it's just, you know, just running the ball outright is not not going to win you anything, right? But there's this whole the, other layer. Well, so I think the so then if you just do the running quarterback, I think there's like there's some historical stuff, right? Like the, you go all the way back to like Randall, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you talk about football. I actually did watch, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and Donovan. Like there's this push. But there's, I think, you know, so there's, so there's that, and then you got like Andrew Luck. I think that Andrew Luck is the, is the. Yeah, that's what everybody's looking for. Well, yeah, but they want this like this running, this Donovan, this this running talented, you know, physical quarterback Donovan Andrew Luck. But then you also get the downside of that, which is like sometimes their their careers end in, mm-hmm. you know, seven years. Which and pretty and much then, both of them did. Right, pretty much. And then, then you have the other side of it, which is, you know, what about the Tom Brady's or the Aaron Rodgers or the, you know, Drew Drew Brees. Like Drew Brees number eight, he was he was a quarterback for, for um Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. 
and then they were like, no, we don't want him anymore. Mm -hmm. He was too small. He was too small, but he was, he was already great. Good. Like yeah, he was good. He was really good. He was Pro Bowl quarterback. He was Here already a Pro Bowl quarterback. Yeah. And they, they were like, no, nah, we don't want him. And then he went and had a well, whole nother career mm -hmm. with a whole nother team. So That's like they had Phillip Rivers. They thought Phillip they, Rivers they went. the big, tall, and prototypical guy. Phillip Rivers then lived a great career, had a really long, yeah, valuable career. One. You know? Pretty like, solid one. And he would be the argument for why searching for Phillip Rivers is worse a worst off move for your team. Is a worse strategy? Yes. Yeah. Then building around, you know, that Russell Wilson. Sure. You know, Dak Prescott and and leaning into because here's here's the biggest here's the biggest factor in all of this. The passing the ball in the NFL is as easy as it's ever been. Well, it's it it's the I guess the interesting part of the question is is like what is the what is the evolution and like how do you how do you and I think I think the answer is I think the answer goes right to the book right in mm -hmm. the book we finished out the book and he was talking about like you need to have a big top of funnel right mm -hmm. and look every now and again you're gonna draft number one and be able to pick Andrew Luck and that's gonna happen you, you, every now and again you're gonna be able to have a funnel that is super wide but but you can look directly and you can go that's the one and it goes right through the whole entire funnel and boom there's your starting quarterback every now and again. But most of the time, exactly. and I think this is the thing that the NFL gets wrong, yes. most of the time, you just need as many picks as possible because the number of the, – the, the correlation between winning quarterbacks and number one picks isn't as, isn't as strong as people think. No, it's not at all. And so to me, I think that – I mean, you know, it, it – Maybe is helped by that that Tom Brady guy a little bit, right? Because he's won so much, and he was like a what a sixth round pick. So it, it's maybe helped a little bit by that, and that might skew the statistics some. But the bot, you know, but there's also there's plenty of third round guys. Like Drew Brees yeah. is a third round guy, yeah, right? Yeah. Like Nick Foles, Russell Nicky Wilson, Foles, and, uh, that I guy, mean, that guy in Baltimore whose name I can't remember. Had a giant Lamar Jackson arm. is on his way. Uh, Joe Flacco, but he was a first rounder, but. The number of first first overall picks that have won quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls, nowhere near can't be that the record of first overall picks that have won NBA championships. Yeah, it's like, a it's a different thing, right? And I think so, at times that NFL logic of number one overall picks as quarterbacks, yeah, I think it kind of almost treats it like that can't miss prospect in the NBA. And that yeah, and they, and that's just not how it works. Whereas, like, whereas I think that if you look at probably if you look at like left tackles that were drafted in the first, oh round, no, they're good. They're they're, they're almost good. always good. Yes, they're pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. like, it's safe. It's safe. I would base. I would basically like. It, I would over index on left tackles because that's totally. the part of your funnel that is like, you know, this is going to provide you value. You're kind of you're selling to your warm market. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's going to pay and for then, itself. And then I would I wouldn't draft any quarterbacks until the fourth round. And if there wasn't a left tackle I wanted, I would trade my trade first out. round pick. <laughs> yeah. I would do one hundred percent the same thing, constantly. And that, and 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 so my frustration fans would hate it. <laughs> yeah, but you know what you would do? You would have a damn good team every year. Every year. And 
you know, just to kind of button this up as we go on. I feel like in a lot of ways, and this is what Seth was talking about, people don't see the change up ahead. And for us as, as creators, you know, that that's that's our job. Like a lot of what we're doing is trying to help, you know, be the ones that ushers ushers that change. How do you get somebody to see it? How do you get someone to recognize like you're about to change the game? You know what I mean? Like and that and I know I forget what chapter it was where he talks about um now I gotta go to the book. You know, but where he talks about the the clear water in a local village. Remember that chapter he talked about? Oh, the yeah, guy's yeah, name? the water story. Yeah. yeah, the water story. And he talks about the guy who um, was selling the pots and pans. And he said everybody would come in and they would go hit up, hit up all the easy sales and then leave town. And they said this guy, he would hit up all the easy sales, but then he would get an apartment in the middle of town. And he would stay for a little bit. He and keep he, showing up. he would keep showing up. And his selling method made him, you know, way more competitive than everybody else. Because eventually he would gain the trust of the town. And then he would sell the whole town. You know what yep. I mean? And it's just like, you know, I think too too fast we go for these easy, oh, everyone else is doing it. It's You know, it's working good enough. For this person, I bet I can do what they're doing, but I'm going to do it better. And what that guy decided to do is, I'm going to do what they're doing, but and I'm going to do this, take this next step that they don't see that is happening. Well, I mean, I think I think about like, you know, as much as Seth ever down talks advertising, and this is a guy who made his career on advertising, yeah, yes. right? So like, but he does, he's, a, he's like, you know, look, if, if he does the stamps example and he's like, look, if, yes. if you, if you make 10 cents every sale, um, you know, that you, that, you know, costs you 95 cents for, for a, a customer or whatever, and it costs you 90 cents to get that customer, but you make 95 cents. You should just put money in that money machine. Like, yeah, yeah. so it's very clear to me that he has a perspective that is like, once you have the print money machine, keep printing money, print money. Like, and and, it, it, and he's like, do it unabashedly, go for it. Like, if you find a hey, you know, if I advertise my product on TikTok, then I get customers. And he's like, as soon as that happens, shovel money into it. So you should always be experimenting there. So as soon as you get that number one pick, get it. When Andrew Luck's there, get him. Go ahead. You know. But when he's not, <laughs> do the thing that's reliable. <laughs> and build up a blog. Build up an audience. Have a great product. Sell the information for free. Right. Give people the thing that they want. Give them a reason to come back. Like do all this other work that's long tail. Because I mean that's basically what the whole final part of the book is about. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Do long tail work over and over and over and over and over and over until it's super boring, and then do it some more. But if you ever do get the money machine, shovel money into it. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. You know, and I know we're cutting on a little bit of a football, you know, theme right now. But there is this 
there is this lottery ticket method that a, that fan bases have, sure. right? And you know, I think one of the things that you said that we're off here, and also I think the idea of our last couple of books is that don't, don't like when it comes to playing when it comes to business, you know. Let me see how the best way to, you know, make this analogy. Don't don't go spending, you know, seven hundred bucks trying to win the Powerball. Don't put all your eggs in the lottery ticket, you know, basket, thinking that oh that's how I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna I'm gonna go big on this one thing, and that's gonna be my way where I'm gonna be rich afterwards, right? Right. Like. And I think the same thing, that is the thing that fells general managers in the NFL as well, is that the notion of a quarterback and the, and the idea that you as a general manager, if you walk in, if I'm owning a team and I go, hey, what what's your plan? You know, or if I'm owning a business and I go, hey, what's your plan? And you walk into my office and you tell me if you're a business owner, you say, you know, my plan is I'm going to, I'm going to, Go get the next. I'm gonna go get the next next Netflix, and I want I want you to get behind me. We're, we're gonna do Amazon too, and that's my goal. And that's my business, you know. And if I'm a, a owner of a football team, and you come into my office, you say, "I want to be the general manager of the team because I'm gonna find you the next Aaron Rodgers." Both of those things, I'm kicking you out the door, because yeah. if your first plan is I'm gonna you know be the next. Netflix or Amazon, or I'm going to be the next, I'm going to get you the next Aaron Rodgers. It's like, well, what if you don't? Is that all you got? Right. Like, like, don't, like, if you, you know, like, what do you need me for anyway? You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, what do you need me for? Like, I need, like, we need a plan of, like, show me how you're going to build this thing. Show me what's going to happen if you don't have Aaron Rodgers. If you don't get the net, next flick. Well, and, like, and what, what happens? I guess, I guess this is the – I don't know if how much this is said, but, like, maybe it's kind of all the books. Yeah, I about to say this. It. They're all – but They're all sort of blending in together. Mm-hmm. But, but like, for me, this, this little business that I'm doing right now, right, this little app that I'm building, what I'm working on is solving one problem for one customer. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. If I can solve one problem for one customer, then I have a thing. And that's all I know so far. And so I'm just trying to remember, like, and I have all these, like, the last week, this last week, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know what I could do? I could do this. And then I got all excited, because you know how you get excited about an idea, and I'm like, oh, I could do this. And then I get, and then I like start thinking about all the ideas that I could stack on top of this. And I was like, I was like, cool. And then this weekend came around, and I had some time to actually work on my idea. And I did just the smallest possible thing that I could do to get me towards the one idea for the one customer that I know that I have. You know what I mean? Like, don't do all that other stuff. Don't do all that distraction. Don't, don't, st- just do, do one simple thing that he was like, this is a problem that I have and I would love to have it fixed. <laughs> okay, I'm going to fix that problem. And then I'm going to find out for real, like, did you really, were you just talking? It didn't sound like he was just talking the mom test stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But if he, if I really can solve that one problem for him, then I can be like, all right, well, and I so I built a I built a, a payment page, right, for the for the app, and it's like, 
how much, what I need to do, my, my goal here is build a payment page that he pays, right? So like, like what is it then when he pays, when he's just like, I'm just gonna pay because I need this, right? <laughs> like, like how do I build a thing that's so valuable that he just pays? And at, at some point, I'm assuming that I can pull that off. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not just gonna keep giving away to farm, but like at first it's gonna be free, but I want him to pay, so I made the payment page. <laughs> you know, like I want him to pay. So yeah, yeah. And like, and it does seem like a lot of people think. I think a lot of people think like general managers in life, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's one of the things that both you and I are trying not to do, right? We're not we're not trying to go into that like, well, I'm gonna get the number one pick. Like, I think a lot of the problem, like you know, everybody says like we need free college and sidestepping the we need free college debate like free college exists now like you can get all the information right now for sure for free free credentials don't exist but free college mm-hmm. exists right mm-hmm. like ha- having the piece of paper mm-hmm. that's different and and I'm not stepping into that specific debate but there's not a lot of people that are like oh I really I know that these skills will get me paid no. They're like they're like they're like I should just magically get paid. I I went to college and now you're, you know, I'm working at a regular job and like why aren't I making $75,000 a year? Why am I just making 15 bucks an hour? And it's like, well, you know, as somebody who made 15 bucks an hour for a long time, you know, and like and did it like cuz you have to do the work. You have to do the work. You you just triggered you just triggered. <laughs> I know. We just lost. We just we just lost the book. The book was a great book, but you just triggered. So, you know, who the biggest hustlers in, in this country are like like the biggest hustlers. The biggest hustlers in this country, in this world, are are the the people up top. Like the people up top are are, are hustlers, man. They they don't care about no papers, like. The people up top, the one percenters, the, the the people are making the biggest moves. Like they don't they don't care about people. They will buy that degree. They will buy like they don't even honor half of that stuff. What they what they what has happened to us is that they've they've tricked us into getting in or not us because I don't buy into it, but a lot of the rest of the world into all of these like boxes that we need to check in order to, to get to the success level that we want to get to when a lot of those a lot of people who are the most successful they don't check any of those damn boxes <laughs> they just, yeah they just go well, be successful a lot i mean of- there's a there's some things i think that that need to be guarded in that statement i totally agree but there are some <laughs> things that we need to guard like a lot of those people also came from a family where you know dad was a doctor and mom was a lawyer right so like no, they were true they were a little bit safe, right? So we, but, but they are, you, but there is this whole industry of people convincing us that say, hey, if you do A, B, C, yeah. and D, you're gonna get E. And, and that's not how it works. <laughs> here's my thing. I'm not discounting college. I think all of that stuff is College good. is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's not about that. It's about the whole idea of like, there's there's people in this world that's like, yeah, you're going to college and you gotta go to college. But you know what the other conversation that they have is in this world, you go you get you go get what you want 
and you don't take no for an answer. And they're and from day one, they're taught that, and and that that's the conversation that like their parents are having with them. Like they're having these cutthroat conversations of like, you know, step on whoever you got to step on to get to where you got to go. This is a competition. Life is not life is not about rainbows and unicorns. Like these are conversations that like people in this world are, are having on both ends of the spectrum too. Like and I, and I don't just mean you know the the rich people of you know freaking yeah I don't know Beverly Hills. Sure. I also mean like some of the people that control the communities and and certain ghettos in America and lower income areas who also have the one percent inside of that who families have ruled and controlled these inner cities for years because they've raised their children's children to be like listen in the streets you take what you want and 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 that mentality not that i'm saying is right i don't i don't believe that we should just be you know walking around thinking that like we deserve more of this world than anybody else i, I don't believe in that but there are there's people who are teaching that and meanwhile there's a lot of us and a majority of us who are teaching our children just like just get in line and it's right. going to come to you you know what I mean? Like that's much different than I want you to go to college because I want you to be educated. You know, like that I'm Those behind. Two totally different messages. I'm behind. Go yeah. be educated. Go to college and get educated. I'm behind that. But I want you to go to college so you can get a good job and make a decent living. I'm not behind that. No. That that's get in line and wait for your soup. Like you know, like what's the motive here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it, it's going to be interesting. We're about to read Will Smith's book, and I'm sure him being Oh, this parent, is actually a good yeah, – yeah. there you go. Oh, well, I'm Makes sure him – I, I, didn't, I didn't know we were going there, but that's where we ended up. <laughs> but we're about to read his book. And, and you know, like, he, he's got super successful kids, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it, I imagine that that sort of – you know – Oh, yeah. Is, is going to be part of the book. I don't know what's in the book, right? I haven't read it. But, you know, it, the – it is interesting. There's a there's a – how does, I guess, how does a person manage to say like, I'm going to keep getting up every day and mm-hmm. pushing this new edge, right? And that's, a, that's a, I guess, the genius of like a Sam Hinkie, right? Sam was like, we're going to lose. We're going to lose and we're going we're gonna to find young guys and we're going to develop. And then he just took the criticism all, all day. He took it. He didn't even go out in the, in the media and defend himself, right? Oh. Like, he just was like, okay, you're, you guys are going to complain, so I'm just going to let you complain. And so what you want to do, I guess, from your perspective or from, the, you know, from a societal perspective is create more Sam Hinkies, right, <laughs> that are just going to be like, hey, do you want to go to college and, and get a degree in philosophy to learn how to think? Do it because thinking is cool and philosophy is cool. <laughs> do you want to go to college and get a degree in philosophy so that you can become an electrical engineer? What? That doesn't make any sense. You can't do that. That won't work. <laughs> you know, like so, so like those two lessons are super different, right? So yes. like, hey, yes. if you want if you want to get a job, there's a lot of ways to do it. Here's some paths. Figure out which one works for you. But yes. the key is that you're going to need to go through these periods where the world is disagreeing with you. <laughs> right? Like I mean, you were you were there when I decided that I was going to learn how to code. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. I was doing a job that 
I didn't particularly like, you know what I mean? But like, I would go in, I would go in, I would do a terrible job, not a terrible job, but like I, I would do a job that I didn't particularly like. And then I would go home and I would learn a thing. And then now it's paid off years later, but like, you don't actually know it during that it's going to pay off, you know? So like that uncertainty, right. Is, is the interesting thing that I think we don't, we don't talk about much as like a society, as a culture. Like we just say like, Oh, if you do this, you'll get that. And it's like, mm, it's not really how it works. Like you have to do a thing and be uncertain for a while. And then it just kind of maybe works out, but maybe it doesn't, right? Like I, before I was decided to code, I had this other thing that like I was pretty sure was the way that life was going to work out for me and life was working out great. And then it was gone one day, like, mm-hmm. cause sometimes that's also the way it goes. And that's a weird, that's a hard lesson to impart, you know? Well, you know what you just said, which was, which was actually brilliant, um, is that people go in and they're told, go to college, get a degree, get this great job, get this great life. That is the, that is the reason why so many people today is are full of resentment. Because they felt like a lot of people, especially in our generation, believes that they were lied to. You know, like, like I did all these things. I didn't get a good job. I hate the job that I have. I got this college debt. It sucks. Life is not what I thought it was going to be. And all of you guys told me that if I went to college, got a degree, I was going to live this white picket fence life and have the, you know, the greatest life ever. And that is far from the truth. And I think I myself, when it comes to my children, some way I want to be way more honest than that. And I want to make sure that I'm just being totally upfront with them that there are, you know, what do you want to go to college for and why? And not to say that we're not going to encourage it, but I want to make sure that they understand going in that, like, hey, if you're going to college to get a business degree, like, that could land you in a job that you could have had without that degree. Like, you, you know, like, that could land you running a job you could have without that degree. Then if you're going because you just want to learn more about business and you want to sharpen your tools, then great. But if you're going to school for business because you think that that's the move you need to make in order to open your own business, and once you get out of school with a business degree, you're going to be this, you know, versioso in business, and you're going to open up a business and be wealthy forever, then that's like playing the lottery, brother. Well, that, that's, uh, that's kind of like <laughs> drafting the a number one pick, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like this, you did these steps, and those steps got you to the number one pick, and that's great, but you... You might get Andrew Luck, but you yeah. might get any number of the other people that didn't work out. <laughs> exactly. And you know what happens, and the sad thing that happens is that a lot of kids, they go get that business degree, they come out in the world, and they and they realize, like, I don't really like business. I didn't know this is what it was. I, you know, I don't, I don't really like this. I got to, like, you know, people are relying on me to, like, you know, make the right decisions and if I don't not only will my life fall apart but theirs will I'm not built for this yeah. and then that and, and that happens way too often and I think it's it's mainly because partly because of what you said people are afraid to be different you know and and almost there's this weird thing that's happening now where like you're almost afraid like 
like different. <laughs> it's, it's an oxymoron that I'm about to say. They're almost afraid now to like not be different, but it's like strategical. It's like this weird thing where like everybody's like now Kanye, you know, like, you know, they're like wearing like, you know, everybody's got clothes, purple hair, purple <laughs> hair, weird stuff. And they're like, it's this intent to be different because they're, they're almost afraid not to be different. Like they're like, there's, like there's, there's almost this fear of like, wait, I'm like, I'm like too, like I'm too plain Jane blue jeans, t-shirt. Like I got to fix this. I need to go get me like a, you know, a, a trash bag to wear mm. as a shirt to like separate myself so that I fit in with the crowd that is being different. Yeah. You it's know? interesting. Dude, it's very interesting because I see that too, but then I'm wondering like, but meanwhile, the thing that your company is stressing, right? Like the whole point of you guys existing is that you're, you're like, you can get spices anywhere, but you would get them from us because we're unique. Yes. Right. Like the, the the message, the story that you're selling is, hey, this is what makes us good and interesting and unique. And that's the story that sells to these people that are all of a sudden going through this. Like it does seem like people are kind of flailing to identify themselves with a thing that's unique, which is maybe maybe that's why the idea of having a business that's unique. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of out on out on a limb here, but like you know what no, I mean. Like I'm I'm seeing like some weird parallel, and I can't really. No, describe there, it. You, there is this connection because people are looking, people are looking for that. People are eyes are wide open for like, huh? That's that's cool. That's different. You know what I mean? Like different is in, but it's it feels intentional. Yeah, it feels intentional at times. Yeah, I think maybe, you know, Seth talks about being genuine or like, you know, be showing up all the time, yeah. right? Like that, that's the words that he uses, I guess. Yeah. And and so I wonder, you know, those people that you talk about that, that seem like they're doing it intentionally, they're not showing up, right? No, they just, Whereas the people who maybe they're plain Jane or maybe they're outrageous, maybe they do have, you know, purple hair or whatever. But, you know, those people tend to be the ones who you think of as individuals, right? Not the people that are doing the Kanye routine. Yeah, I mean, but it's you know, for me, it's just like, I think it 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 kind of starts there, and it because that's like, even for like, I got a, my fourteen year old, and you know, she's uh, you know, she she's like school's just not her her she doesn't excel, you know, at school. It's just like the way the way we structure learning in school is, you know, it's not great for everybody. You know sure. what I mean? But she's, ex she's extremely bright, like, like off the charts, bright when it comes to like where she is at being 14, how she makes decisions. When you talk to her, the way that she thinks, you know, like she's, she's taught herself how to do every style of makeup and hair and, you know, like just these natural things that like, you know, like people have been trying to learn how to braid and crochet and do all these things that she's doing and they can't. And she literally watches it. Right. She's, like, she, she's bright at figuring out a thing she's interested in. Yes. And she's, she, she can watch someone do it and then do that very same thing instantly. Just like my wife, my wife has the same type of intelligence. But to me, that's no, that, and that's no different than Joel Embiid 
watching white dudes shooting threes and learning yeah. how to become oh. a great shooter. You know, his famous story. And I think when we don't allow people to be able to be their own version of intelligent, it puts us in a spot where you do have all of these people rushing to line up for the the, the college degree soup line, just, you know, getting this degree that like in their heart of hearts, they really don't truly want and they really don't know what they're going to do with it. And they're really unsure. And it puts them in a spot where they, they end up living their life full of this resentment with all these degrees, resenting, you know, uh, big business because now they're blaming corporations on sure. why they're not successful. And this is, this. and really you probably should have just been a painter. Or right. You should have done, you should have done your thing. You should have yeah. chased you. Yeah. So I, 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 I wanna, wrote a book. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I, I want to fully agree with you for all the stuff that you said, and then just add one little piece, which is, I think in one of the conceits of the show, right? Is that all that is true, you know, Hey, we need to let people kind of chase, chase their thing. And also we need to recognize that there's this other set of knowledge out there, right? That's historical yes. knowledge. And the ga gathering that historical knowledge and consuming it, whether you agree or disagree with it, right? Which is another thing that I think we, we have as a conceit of the show, has value and you need it in your life to succeed, yes. right? Yes. So the question is, is how do you take, and we'll use the example of your 15 year old daughter, but how do you take your 15 year old daughter who has, when she has an interest, she, she can barrel down, right? How does she take in information that is opposite of what she's interested in? Just yes. for the sake of information, right? How does she think just for the sake of thinking and learn a new thing that she's not interested in just for the sake of it? Yes. And like, how does she balance those two ideas? And then how do you balance it as a, as a person? And then how do you balance it as a business? Because if you're gonna create a business where you guys are individuals 2400 or the thing that I'm doing, right? You have to be able to keep doing your thing, but you need to take in enough random information from all over so that when an opportunity comes up, you can shift, right? And you yeah. can pivot and you can react yeah. to it. So how do you manage that? And I guess that's, that's kind of one of the things that we're trying to figure out together. Yeah, and, and I think that comes in like being genuine. And, and being genuine, not just to the customer, but to yourself as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like Seth, you know, one of the things that he says in the book is about like, hey, you might think it's a great life-changing product, but your customers might not. <laughs> and, it, and, and, and it's important that we're always self-assessing. Mm -hmm. Like always. Like, because if, if you're not, then you're going to miss your opportunity. If you're not self-assessing, that's why for me, like, you know, people keep saying, yo, we, we want you to cook. We want you to cook. We like eating your food. Your seasonings are cool, but we actually like what you do with your seasonings. And so for me, immediately it goes, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta step into that lane. Gotta pay, figure out how to do that somehow. Yeah. I gotta figure out what, what does that look like? I gotta, right. I gotta start working that direction. Right. You know what I mean? And, and it might mean having a restaurant someday. It, it might mean might. something else, but you have to figure out how do you I, get there? I cannot ignore it. 
I can't yep. ignore the success that happens when I cook. You know what I mean? Like, like anytime, anytime, you know, like anytime I do, I can't ignore it. I can't ignore that people enjoy just, you know, my, my approach to, to food and flavor and all of that. And I might just need to do it. Like that might be my gift. Yep. I can't choose. That's the other thing. You don't get to choose or yeah, you don't get to choose or be the one to announce your gift. It's kind of like a nickname. Your gift is like a nickname. You, you can't, you know, you can't just go, yeah, my gift is like, you know, shooting three pointers. Like now you don't get, you don't get to anoint yourself that. No. People will. People yeah, will. You don't, you don't get you to decide. You don't, you don't get to decide you're Joel Embiid. You, you, yeah. you get, it's a whole bunch of random things. Yeah. You end yeah. up tall. You happen yeah. to have played volleyball and soccer, so you have athleticism mm. or whatever. But yeah. you don't get to choose it. You gotta let you gotta let the universe and the world decide that. You know, I can call you D D Money. You can tell me, hey, call me D Money for now and on. But like, you can't decide that. You know, you you, you that you never works some, when you do. <laughs> you can do some D Money things. What would D Money do? Uh, you know, you can work on some of that. But like you can't just like come in a room and go, yeah, call me D Money. Like people might look at you and be like, nah, you know what I mean? Like, seem more like a Devin to me. Yeah, you seem more like a Devin. You know, same thing with you, same thing with your with your skills and what your gifts are. You can't just come in and say, I'm you know I, I I'm a braider, and then go, oh yeah, okay, braid my hair, and then do a shitty ass job on somebody's head and be like, no, you're not a braider, you're a barber. You should just be cutting hair. You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta let the universe tell you what it is, and I, and I think that's one of the probably the biggest things. Just to close up the book here, that I walked away with, Seth, was you know thousand true fans, yeah. and then the other point was, you know, he didn't put it into these words, but that that being able to self-assess, listen to your customer, and not being like this is my idea, you gotta like it. I think at one point he said. Try a new idea. Don't go trying for new, you know, new new fans or whatever, new customers. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. One of his lines: Try a new idea, not new fans or not new customers. Yep. You know, so that that that's one of two things that I walk away with. How about you? Yeah, I I think probably the biggest, and I mean, you know, I, I listen to Seth's podcast, which is great, and and I and I consume his stuff fairly regularly, but I think probably the biggest takeaway that I have is that like they, cause I kind of never understood like, what's the point of all the content? Like, why do you write all the blog posts? Why do you send all the emails? Like, why do you do all this other stuff? And I think that the, the, the takeaway of the long tail is mm. really the thing that I, mm. that I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to. It's like the idea that, yeah, yeah, Harry Potter sold a lot of books, but the, the bottom 50% of books in Amazon only sold like five, seven copies each but they outsold Harry Potter when you put them all together. And so I think that idea of the long tail is, uh, you know, I think probably I need to think deeper on that because I think it's bigger than I imagine it is, you know, especially in the way the world works now. So that's mm. my big takeaway for sure. Yeah, good ones, man. All um, right, well, I, 10 out of 10 for me on this book. Yeah, so real real quick, uh, what do you think about the, uh, the intro and the outro? Love it. Love it. I, you know, uh, what is it? Mike, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, my man, Mike, shout out to Mike. It was, 
it was perfect. It was yeah, perfect. It's, it's I hilarious. I love the song choice. Yep. You know, I, I, I think it's us, man. I think it's yeah. us. I think it's it's clean, but it's, you know, it's also edgy, but it's, you know, but it's, you know. It's fun, too. It's, it's fun. like, it's fun. It's light. It's, it's all those things. Yeah, it's, 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 it was spot on, man. And, and, it, and it feels official. Yeah. It feels yeah. official. I, listening to it, I was like, man, this is kind of dope. This is like, <laughs> you know, if you just pop in that episode, you're going to be like, Oh man, he's got what are these guys like? Are they are they bar stool? Like what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it feels felt, felt official. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. So, yeah. all right, uh, where can people find us? Uh, check us out at theprocessesblackandwhite.com, and then go on all your social media platforms and search us at the processes black and white. We'll pop right up. All right, Will Smith's new book, Will, starting next week. Talk I'm to you excited. Soon. Yep, you got it, bro. And that's all the time we have this week. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Process is Black and White. Come join us next week where the journey continues on the road to successful entrepreneurship. For further information, go to www.theprocessisblackandwhite.com. Any views or opinions represented on this podcast do not constitute financial advice or any other advice. Vernon and Devin inspire you to conduct your own due diligence before making any personal financial decisions. Another good note.